Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a newly committed high school athlete that just received an athletic scholarship. He's got a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 288 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This episode is an interview with Jake Hedrick. Jake is a recent college men's basketball coach and is now the owner and operator for Campo Events. This interview is about 30 minutes long. So let's get into this very informative episode about recruiting and postgraduate or gap basketball. Jake, thank you for coming on the uh, Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, some of your coaching background and what you're doing now? First off, thanks for having me on, Brent. My name is Jake Hedrick. You know, I was a college basketball coach. I was a college basketball player. Got into basketball at a young age, and that led me into playing college basketball, and then that led me into college coaching, uh, where I had the chance to uh, do that since 2006. So I, I lose track. I think I did it either 14 or 15 years at the collegiate level and about a year and a half ago made the, made the decision to uh, to get out of college coaching and, and just it was just one of those things where I felt like it was the right time. I've got two young kids and you know me and my wife we love Springfield, Missouri. Ozark, Missouri is where we live. You know we just felt it was probably a good opportunity for us to uh, to find something new to do in life. People don't notice you're not an original Ozark person. I have a Southern accent, but yours is a little bit farther south. So, so where are you from and what college did you play for? And can you go through kind of the colleges that you've coached? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, so I'm actually from Hamilton, Alabama, which is right on the Alabama-Mississippi line. After my senior year at Hamilton High School, I got a chance to go play college basketball. I played two years at Bevel State Community College in Jasper, Alabama. And then I finished up my last two years playing at the University of Montevallo, which is a Division II basketball school in the Gulf South Conference about 30 miles south of Birmingham. And after you got done with uh, college, you went right into coaching? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like a lot of guys, it took me an extra semester to get my degree. And so while I was doing, uh, finish up my degree, I had an opportunity to join the staff where I played at the University of Montevallo as a student assistant. You know, the Division II uh, level was obviously different than the, the Division One. I. I was able to almost operate almost like a full-time assistant, being able to recruit uh, being able to coach on the floor and just gain a lot of valuable experience, you know, at, at the age of 23 and getting also getting a chance to see if that was really what I wanted to do at the time, which, like I said, I enjoyed every year of it. We had a chance that year to go to the Elite Eight. So it was just a special year and it helped me make a decision at that time that I did want to get into co college coaching. You know, yeah, I started off playing at the junior college level and, you know, it, it was an awesome, awesome deal. I would not trade my experience playing uh, those two years for anything and then uh, like you said I moved on to the D division two level and we had a lot of success we had a chance to participate in the sweet 16 um, and and the elite eight as a coach and then I moved on to the junior college level as as a coach and probably of my time coaching you know I actually had a chance to coach in division one for 10 years in the Missouri Valley Conference and the southeastern conference at Ole Miss and also at Sanford University, which is in the Southern Conference. You 
We're going to get into what you're doing now, but let's get into some recruiting advice since you've been in so many levels of college basketball. I think recruiting is all the same. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I look back at my experience and I think a lot of people, I was determined to play college basketball. And so growing up at a small town in Alabama, I mean, I was willing to move wherever I had to, you know, if I had to move to Washington or if I had to move to Idaho, I was going to do that in order for me to play college basketball. I was that determined at the age of 17 to prove to people that I could play. You know, it's one of those things, the times have changed so much. That was back in 2001 when I graduated. So, I mean, I remember handwriting coaches letters, uh, sending hard tapes in the mail, uh, just hoping to get an opportunity. So now looking back, I mean, the landscape has totally changed. I mean, it's so much easier to get access to coaches. Um, you know, at that time, you're depending on trying to call one of them's office phone and for them to, an to answer. Uh, that was really before email gotten had gotten popular. So now these days, I mean, I look back and I'm like, man, it would have been so much easier for me to uh, garner more attention and, and also, you know, just um, coaches to have access to see my stuff. And I look back as a college coach, I mean, I was constantly getting on YouTube every day, trying to pull up information on prospects I hadn't even heard of, getting on Twitter, videos everywhere on Twitter, prospects, getting emails from people I trust. The, just the landscape the last 10 to 15 years because of the internet has really changed the recruiting landscape. When did you start recruiting players at each level? You know, I mean, it, it's, it's different for everywhere. You know, I tell people, I was like, it was funny as a, as a player, I didn't, I went on to play four years of college ball, but I did not get my first contact from a college coach until after my senior year was over. And I can remember going to a few tryouts and, um, you know, trying out for a few junior colleges and, and playing in a few all-star games. And so I say that because I don't think it's ever too late these days for kids to get discouraged and feel like, hey, if I'm an 11th grader and I'm maybe not getting the recruiting attention I want, you just got to keep believing yourself and keep working because eventually there's so many opportunities, whether it be at the Division One, like you said, Division Two, II, Division Three, NIA, uh, junior college. If, if, if you have the ability, maybe you don't even have the ability, but maybe you have something you're really good at, um, whether that's as a basketball player I'm using, for example, if you're a lights out shooter, there's somewhere in the, in the United States at some level that, that will value that skill set. And so, at the end of the day, it's just a matter of not giving up on that and continuing to work and just believing. Like I, I was telling the kid the other day, I mean, who's not getting much? I mean, I encourage every kid to, to go play in every all-star game you can as a senior when your season's over. All it takes is one person there that day calling a college coach saying, hey, you might want to check out this kid from Ozark High School who's a, who's a really good player who's sort of – flying on the radar, you know, you might want to check out this baseball player in Hamilton, Alabama, who he's not getting any recruiting, but he does have an 88 mile per, mile per hour fastball. And, you know, it's, it's amazing, you know, when you get that opportunity, there's so many kids that take advantage of it just after they get one opportunity. At the division one level, probably identify players earlier and it filters down. Is that, is that true statement? You, you know, I, I sort of got away from that point and I'll go back to that. Yeah. That, and, and I tell this, 
every college coach can pick out the prettiest girl in the, at the dance. You know what I'm saying? So if there's a kid that's 6'10 as a ninth grader, every college coach in the gym can uh, can tell he could play. But, you know, every level's different. So that would probably be more like for, you know, when I was at Ole Miss, when we were in the SEC, I mean, we would really start recruiting kids in the ninth or 10th grade because it was a pretty obvious who was going to be an SEC basketball player just off their size, just off their athleticism, the other stuff. Now, at Missouri State, a lot of times we wouldn't start uh, recruiting the guys we would get till probably their 11th grade year. Guys, you know, you, you tend to see mostly on the men's basketball stuff. By their, by their 11th grade year, you probably got a pretty good feel for what level a player a guy's going to be. And like you said, the junior college level, I mean, those guys are out here. They're recruiting guys in their – after their senior year, because basically the junior college level, you know, even a lot of division twos, they sort of have to sit back and evaluate everybody. And then they have to see what's left because at the end of the day, the guys that are going to go division one, they're going to go division one. The guys that are going to go to junior college, maybe because of academics, you know, those guys are available. But at the end of the day, there's just a huge filtering process that sort of starts at the top, you know, with the Power Five schools, and then it goes on down to the Missouri Valley, and then the Southern Conference Ohio Valley, and then it works its way in the Division Two level, uh, who still provide a lot of great opportunities. Then the Division Three level, and then the Junior College level. So I think it's just one of those things where, for the younger kids, it's it's easy to pick those guys at a young age. But I would say the median kid, most of those guys recruiting interest in basketball, it it doesn't really start till probably tenth or eleventh grade. High schoolers should not only look at levels of play, but areas or regions of play. Is that right? Yeah, you know, you say that, the location. It, it, it is true. I was, I was laughing yesterday. I was talking to a friend just being from Alabama. I was looking yesterday, 15 of the top 26 recruiting classes in football are from the SEC. And, um, you know, I think a lot of that's like you said, I think a lot of that has to do with location. A lot of the top prospects in football now are located in Florida, Texas, Georgia, and so just the talent pool those places are pulling from, there just tends to be a lot of a lot of guys that want to stay at home. But then I think that leads to you know kids from other op, uh, kids from other places maybe getting opportunities. But like you said, uh, in the Division One level, there's over 350 schools that are Division One schools. So I mean that's so just in itself. I mean you know when you talk about football rosters, I think they do 85 scholarships a piece just in football. I mean 350 times 85. You know, that, that's a lot of opportunities for football players. The same way with basketball. I mean, that's over, you know, there's over 3,000 basketball players, probably closer to 5,000 Division One basketball players in, in, in the United States. Enough. So statistically, there are a lot of opportunities out there, you know, because like you said, that's just on the Division One. I. I mean, the junior college, they give, you know, most of these schools give 13 scholarships apiece in basketball. Yes, there's opportunities everywhere when it comes to playing collegiate sports. If you were coming out of high school today, how would you try to get on a coach's radar other than scoring 30 points a game? You know, it's funny you ask that, Brent, because I've tried to put, being out of coach in a year and a half, I've tried to put myself in the college coaches situation a lot since COVID ha has happened. It has really changed the landscape of recruiting. But also bigger than that, the transfer portal. So then that leads to how would I look at it as, as a prospect? And so I think that as a player now, no matter what sport you play, 
you have to realize that if you can get your school paid for, that's a big deal. There's so many places where you can do that. And then I also think that the transfer portal has changed everything. It's really turned into a business. When I came through in 2001, as a player, kids did not transfer at the time. Well, now, because of the internet and because Instagram, you know, these guys see what everybody has. And um, I think Duncan Robinson's a prime example, the kid that plays for the Miami Heat. Duncan Robinson started off, he did not get any recruiting out of high school. And then he ends up at the University of Michigan, or he ends up at a Division three school plays for three years, gets his degree, and then he transfers and plays his final season at Michigan. And uh, now he's in the NBA probably making $70 million a year. And I say that because if Duncan Robinson would have been so concerned about where he came out out of high school and where he went, there's a good chance his path wouldn't have went like it did. But you know what? He was willing to go to that Division three school that really wanted him, and he just kept believing in himself and working every day. And next thing you know, he has an opportunity to graduate, go play at the University of Michigan for a year, takes advantage of that year, and then ends up playing with the Miami Heat. So that in itself is a success story, no matter what what sports you play, or as a high school athlete, I would tell these kids now, if you have an opportunity because of COVID, no matter where that is, you probably need to jump on it because there is so many kids right now because of the transfer portal and because of, um, you know, the way the recruiting landscape is. And we'll talk about the tournament I did the other day, but there was some high-level players. I mean, guys that four or five years ago when I was coaching basketball would probably have opportunities to go play in the SEC that just because the landscape right now, they just do not have much. And uh, it's so important, that I think, that kids do not pass up on an opportunity right now that they already have. Uh, how does a uh, student athletes video club tournaments, uh, high school season, email, social media, how does all that stuff kind of play into their recruitment? Kids these days need to take it advantage of everything they can. You know, like you said, a, a recruiting profile. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge for these kids to uh, coaches want to be able to get information. And so I think that starts with um, just having a profile, having a social media profile, having a recruit profile, having video access on YouTube, you know, and then, and then having information to connect to your high school coach, your AAU coach, your club coaches, um, having all that stuff where they have easy access. And um, I look back, I mean, I, obviously doing this, I, I used to get so many calls from so many different people. And so as a college coach, I think it's all about timing, you know, and when I was coaching at Missouri State, if somebody hit me up the day after we lost to Northern Iowa, um, I probably wasn't going to be in a good mood to uh, maybe answer that call or respond to that email or stuff like that. And so I think you got to be very strategic about when you approach these college coaches. So, uh, you know, the first thing I think is if you have somebody credible, you know, that can reach out on your behalf, I, I think it always helps. And I, I use that as an example. Maybe, maybe you have a volleyball coach or a baseball coach that has had success with kids moving on to the next level or has a reputation of having a lot of Division I prospects, Division II, Division Three, whatever level that is, having kids that have had success at those levels, I think the college coach is going to respect that more than anything. The next thing I would say is, you know, alumni. You know, if you want to go play at, you know, Army and you've had somebody maybe that has came through uh, West Point and maybe was a really good athlete there, it's only going to help your chances 
and help that coach pay more attention to that message if you have the right person relay that. And so I, I say that just to, uh, to say because I, I was joking. I think one time when I was at Missouri State, we had a state senator reach out and say, hey, you might want to check on this kid. Well, I'll tell you what, if a, uh, if a state senator reaches out to you, you're, you're going to look into that a lot more if an assistant eighth grade coach reaches out. It's just going to mean more. And, you know, you're going to be a little bit worried as a coach. You're going to be like, you know, I better do my homework because if this guy follows up, you know, with my boss and I have not done my homework, I better be able to give him the right response. So I think these days, I think you have to explore every angle. And I know it's like we talked about earlier. I mean, I just believe there's so many colleges now. There's so many levels. There's so many opportunities that if you have a skill set, like you said, like a one, one pitch you're really good at or one shot or, you know, even as a football player, if there's a, you know, if you're a great receiver, it's just as far as catching the ball, there's going to be some somebody that values what you do. And so it's just, just a matter of not giving up on that. And like you said, you might not get the opportunities you want as a 10th. You might uh, not get the opportunities you want as an 11th grader, but maybe maybe not even as a 12th grader. And I actually, these post-grad schools that we've talked about earlier, which I think needs to be a resource that a lot of people look into coming up down the road. But my point is, as long as you don't give up on your opportunity, I think there's going to be somewhere for guys that really want to play and girls that really want to play somewhere out there. Well, we've got a lot of good information about recruiting. And one of the things that you're involved in now is uh, uh, some postgraduate basketball. You you hosted a tournament here in Springfield, Missouri called the uh, SWMO Prep uh, Invitational Tournament. Tell us a little bit about that tournament, and then we'll get into kind of what the postgraduate schools and academies are about. You know, when I got out of coaching, I've, I've been wanting to do something that I've enjoyed, that I would enjoy doing next in life. And so for me, that's sort of been to, uh, to start an events company. And so we've started a company up, it's called Campio Events. And so what we do is we just specialize in sporting events. You know, right now we've, we're doing some basketball stuff. And so we started that out in, in Springfield back in January. We did a did our first basketball tournament. And so it was actually a post-grad basketball tournament called the South Southwest Missouri Prep Invitational. And, you know, for me, it was a pretty neat deal because I had always recruited at that level as a college coach. And, you know, we were able to have eight teams come in to Springfield, Missouri from all over, a teams from Virginia, Texas, Georgia. And, you know, I would say of these eight teams, there was probably 70 to 80 college players at some level, like we talked about. Uh, you know, the level doesn't matter. It's all about being able to play. And there was just so many guys there that'll have the opportunity to play college basketball at some level. And so the event was incredible. I know all the teams that came really enjoyed it. They all want to come back. That that was my goal for year one. I wanted these guys, the, these players, because you guys do a lot of traveling and you've been to you've been to so many tournaments. Well, so many of these tournaments, they just become the same. You know, you show up and you play. And but I wanted to make it more than that. I wanted to make it where the kids had a great experience. And after the tournament's over, I had you know several kids come up to me and tell me, Coach, man, this this was awesome. This was as cool of a tournament as we've been to. And so as we move forward, every event I do, I want to make it about the players. I want to make it something when they walk away, they're like, man, that that was the coolest event I had a chance to go to. And I'm 
I'm not so sure that when a lot of people do these events, uh, the player's experience is the number one thing they have in mind. And so for me, for me, that was the most important thing, especially in year one of this deal. It was a three-day event, and you held it at uh, Baptist Bible College, which is a uh, has a, a, a great gym, a great venue to have it in in Springfield. And you had a uh, professional announcer. You had uh, music that was that was going on. You had a DJ, and you had some uh, entertainment. And and uh, so not only for the for the kids, but but for the crowd, you made it a, a fun event also. And I was kind of looking through, and before the tournament, it looked like there were like six or seven uh, already committed players to uh, to colleges. Uh, looked like there was one going to Rice, a couple to Missouri State, one to Eastern Illinois, Youngstown State, and Xavier. And then there was about probably 12 kids that had a good list of, of offers from different schools. So this was a high-level talent. How old are these kids, and, and what is a postgraduate academy or school? Uh, the post-grad level is something that's been around for probably on the East Coast for probably 15 years, and it's, it's starting to spread across the country. It started in the uh, up in Rhode Island and Connecticut and New Hampshire and sort of worked its way down to Virginia, you know, and it's been around that area for about 15 years, but now people are starting to uh, start these programs, you know, in other places. And so basically what a post-grad deal is, you know, it's basically a gap year. It's for kids that when they get done with high school as a senior in 12th grade, maybe they don't know what they want to do, or maybe they don't have an opportunity yet, or, or maybe they're a, a late developer. I've been around some kids that, you know, as a, as a six, four basketball player, they just were not coordinated and stuff. And, Sometimes that year can make a big difference. But what they do is, you know, they go to these schools uh, for a fifth year. You know, a lot of these schools are sports specific. The IMG, IMG Academy, I'm sure a lot of people would know. You know, those kids are doing tennis and basketball and baseball. And I mean, they're really practicing, you know, probably six to seven hours a day, whether it's in the weight room whether it's team practices on the court, whether it's individual stuff. And it just gives them a really a true year to develop. But also, too, another thing is maybe for kids that aren't quite qualified academically, the NCA has gave uh, kids an additional year to, to get a core class or uh, to get GPA requirements up a little bit after their senior year. And so there's just so many, many opportunities. But I've, I've really – I did the event because I knew how good the basketball was. Even – after that, I've done a lot of thinking and research on it. A lot of people don't realize that this gap year sort of sort of started at Harvard for kids that maybe couldn't quite get into Harvard, you know, as a senior. And so um, it was so competitive, obviously. Well, they, they allowed these kids to do a gap year. They had a gap program. So I know down the road from us, Link Academy, which is Link year, they actually have a gap program now, and they have over just 100 – regular students that go to school there and basically it was explained to me and I've and I've got evaluated a lot since then as a kid when you're 18 years old would you want your kid going to college at the University of Alabama you when they're 18 years old and a lot of people are choosing not to now they're choosing to send them to a school like this for a year so it lets them develop socially it gives them a year uh, living away from their parents and, and so I think moving forward this is going to be an option I think that a lot of people look at for their kids moving forward. 
And I think a lot of people in our area and, and myself, I didn't really understand it. So I didn't know if it was a, in competition with high school, but it's actually not. It's, it's like you said, it's a, it's a gap year where kids can need grade wise or, or, or just maturity wise, or maybe even um, if they've committed to a school and that school has had some transfers or had with the COVID had some uh, kids stay, they can kind of play an extra year at that kind of between high school and college and not not waste a year of eligibility in, in college. So it has a lot of uh, variety of ways that it can, it can help a student and a student athlete. I would say on that topic that the positives far outweigh the negatives, and I don't even think it's close. And, and I'll use this for example. There's, you know, let, let's say that I'm a prospect and let's say that I play volleyball you know, I might have one offer. If I believe in myself, you know, I'm not sure if I want to go to this school, but I got the chance to go to this postgrad and develop for a year. Well, there's a good chance if that school really wants me, they're going to want me in a year. But on the other side, you could go to this postgrad and you could have 25 offers. And then it just helps you assure that you make the right decision, which I think is the most important thing for kids. I look back and, and this might be one of the more important things I say today. When I was a junior college coach at Chipola College, I mean, we had kids sign basketball to go play at Kansas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Indiana, Oregon, some Florida State on the ACC championship team. And I look back and I was like, of the, of the 50 or 60 kids that I coached in junior college that had a chance to go play Division I basketball, if you look back now, the guys that were happiest in their life or their career, it was the guys that went somewhere where they played a key role on their team. And I say that because players want to play. And, you know, a lot of those guys that were the, the happiest might have been the guy that went to the smallest school but averaged 17 points a game. And a lot of those kids make the decision off who is the biggest school recruiting them. And that is not always the best thing for them in the long term. Somebody asked me what the basketball was like at, at your tournament. And I said, well, it was like upper level AAU probably with more discipline because the coaches were very good and they were they, they 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 played defense they ran offenses and they were trying to prepare them for what they're going to see when they get into college and a lot of a lot of times in basketball a deficiency of a very good player is they're a really good offensive player in high school and then they get hidden in on defense because their high school coach didn't want them to foul out but they got to play at college rules they played with the shot clock they played with the three-pointer from the college they played with the uh, charge circle so they're actually preparing to go uh, play college their 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 freshman year of college and they're using it as a development year yes for those guys that played in that tournament for those guys that play in that program the adjustment compared to the normal high school student the normal high school player it will be substantial like you said these guys have these guys have also got in a got in vans and and traveled eight or nine hours to play in tournament you know I think that's an adjustment for kids when they go to college they don't realize you know if I'm playing at like you said Northwestern and we travel seven hours to Florida to play in a baseball tournament when we get there we're probably going to practice hard and um you know, my coach is not going to just allow me to just come out there and, you know, he's going to expect his best players to be his best practicers also. And that takes a, takes a maturity. That also takes a just learning what it takes sometimes. And, and that's why you see a lot of these programs, these freshmen that go in and play right away. It's not because they're talent. It's, a, it's because their mentality a lot of times. And these guys that are in these post-grad programs, they, they are able to develop that college mentality in that year before they go and play true college sports.
tell us how people can get a hold of you. We may we may have somebody here and in, in, uh, you know nationwide. They may want to learn a little bit more about this, and uh, they may want to learn maybe about a tournament. Uh, they may be locally here in the in the Ozarks and may want to come to your tournament next year. But how how do they get a hold of you? It's easy access, and uh, and I don't mind. I'll give my email, and I'll give my uh, I'll give my cell phone. I mean, because right now it's one of those things where you know we're we're a growing company. We're we're like I said, we're doing events. Even in 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 life, I'm about helping uh, kids, and you know sometimes the, it's just good for people to know sometimes maybe maybe what they don't know, and uh, that that's the best thing about me being in coaching now is I don't I don't have to tell people what they want to hear. I can just sort of tell people the truth, and uh, and 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 the the truth is that's what people need. And so uh, my email address is Waymaker W A Y M A K R Elite Services at gmail.com waymaker elite services at gmail.com and then my cell is 205-300-1145 and so anybody that has any questions or you know like I said as far as the tournaments and stuff we we do everything right now from basketball to golf tournaments and it's it's about the players and just creating a good experience for these players and these well are you planning on trying to have another uh postgraduate tournament here in Springfield next year? Oh, yes, yes. We are 100% going to have our second annual Southwest Missouri Prep Invitational Tournament. The, all the teams that came last year, they want to come again, which is an awesome thing. We've also added IMG Academy out of Florida, Bradenton, Florida, which they are a obviously a national power. This thing's going to grow, I'm, and, that, and that's what I'm excited about. And obviously, we're going to try to add some more local flavor to this thing next year because the people here in Springfield – they love basketball, and, you know, I think we have something special going. And so whatever we can do to, to get people in the gym to come watch this thing, um, we want to do that. We also want to help these local guys get some exposure, too, that they maybe don't get in the Ozarks as well. Well, you've given us a lot of great information on on recruiting from your from your past coaching and playing, and and a lot of great information on the postgraduate schools. And I'd, I'd encourage people to reach out to Jake if you have questions about that stuff. What's maybe one or two pieces of advice that you would give to uh, recruit me families and players that maybe we uh, we missed about recruiting? You know, I just I just think right now, don't panic. You have to realize that that right now is just an unprecedented time because of the COVID the last couple of years. And so a lot of these coaches are really behind in recruiting guys I talk to and think you have to evaluate all options. You have to understand the landscape and, and every kid's different. Like I said, when I was coming through, I was going to go play college basketball no matter where, where that was. You know, if I had to go play in Alaska and come home once a year, that I was willing to do that because that's how how bad I wanted to play at the time. So I would just say the big thing is don't panic right now. There's so many opportunities out there. Just keep exploring them. Keep finding people that can help you. That would just be my advice to all parents and to prospects. Don't panic. It's a different time right now. The opportunity will come. At- well, Jake, I appreciate you taking time away, and you're uh, you're having you're getting to stay home with your kids today because you're uh, uh, had a little COVID in the uh, in the school that they go to. So uh, give those kids a hug, and and uh, we appreciate you uh, spending time with us, and we'll try to have you on again sometime. Brent, thanks a lot, and I would love to be on any time. I want to thank Jake for his time and knowledge about recruiting. Join me next week as we take on myth number nine about athletic scholarships. Myth number nine is coaches resent being contacted by prospective athletes. Listen in to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast next Tuesday.